Put the suckers works out, man, it's time to drink. You know, all I need is some afterward drinks. This is how we do when the week is through. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Podcast. Here are your hosts. Ah, welcome in. Thank you, as always, for listening, whether that be on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or our host, SoundCloud. Uh, Also, thank you for following along in between episodes on social media. Uh, You can find us there, Facebook and Instagram, at AWD Podcast, Twitter, at AWD Pod, Snapchat, After Work Drinks, all caps on those first letters, all one word. Uh, It's been a crazy busy fall season for me personally so far. The pooch has had a lot of fun stuff and and not so fun stuff going on, uh, keeping very busy. So I wanted to make sure that I came back strong this episode. Uh, And you know in the intro that you just heard, it says, and here are your hosts. So naturally, if I want to come back strong, I could think of no better guest co-host to help me do that than this man. It appears we have a guest. Somebody get that! Who is it? A guy walks into a, a bar. Guy walks into a, a guy bar. walks into a bar. A guy walks into a bar. A guy, a guy, guy walks, walks into, into a bar. bar. Uh, let's welcome back to the program, Mr. Brady Potts, the shy beer guy. How's it going? It's going. Thanks for having me on. Oh, no problem. I mean, this is... Round two. Yeah, this is exciting for me because uh, whether you know it or not, it sort of of started a thing on my podcast last time we did this uh, earlier in the year. Uh, I remember I I came here and there was like a crazy rain, sleet, snowstorm in April thing going on. Yeah, that was like... That was, that was insane. A, that was a natural disaster outside. P- pretty much. A good reason to stay inside and drink. So uh, that day, we kind of just did this thing that you had an idea for, and, and we po- both pulled content from it. But it was like, uh, we basically just kind of talked about a bunch of bullet points, a bunch of industry topics that you had for us uh, while drinking and reviewing some beers. And uh, I sort of turned that into a thing that we've done a couple times since then on the show, some special episodes called the Tasting and Talking Series. Uh, so that's cool. So I want to thank you for, for that because uh, those are kind of nice when I, I don't want to put together and cobble together a, a normal format show. Like sometimes it's just a crazy month. So if I could sit down and just knock out one sesh with beer and some, some talking points, like that's that's fun. Yeah, have it be fun. As you can see, like I, I have like two pages of notes for this thing, like a, a yeah, normal you, you episode. Give me, you give me a book here. You yeah. give me a, a uh, a novel a normal episode i guess uh entails a little bit more so uh it's all right i'm i'm ready all right well let's let's first tell anybody out there that uh that doesn't know who you are uh you are the shy beer guy and you produce beer content uh predominantly in the chicagoland area but as we were just talking off mic that may grow soon uh so just kind of give us a, a quick synopsis of the kind of stuff you do and where people can find you on social media yeah, definitely. Uh, so like I mentioned before, I've been on a, a little bit of a work hiatus uh, recently. So um, I also work in the distribution field. I've been focusing a lot of my efforts on that uh, for the past month. But normally, and for the last, I'd say, two and a half years, I've been creating all sorts of various types of beer content on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, Spotify, the works, pretty much anywhere that you can be social. Um, I am pretty much there. So 
I create various different types of content, live reviews, um, uh, sit downs with brewery owners and brewers. Um, I do uh, pit episodes where I pit beers against each other, which uh, you're you're going to be a part of. I'm I'm really excited for. Yeah, yeah. So basically, when you're listening to this, when this podcast is released. Probably sometime around the same time or a little bit after, uh, maybe it'll be available to see this video he refers to of uh, the pit. And the uh, pit. this is going to be a, a blind taste test of Oktoberfest beers? Yes. So this is um, this is the pit with Oktoberfest beers. I've done an Oktoberfest pit before. That was actually my very first pit episode. So the pit is a sub-segment of Shy Beer Guys Beer Guide where I normally do the live reviews. Uh, it's just kind of in a different format where I actually take more than one beer and compare them to one another. And usually they have various different types of, uh, of criteria, you know, whether it's in-state, out-of-state, um, you know, a smaller brand, a larger brand, things of that sort. So... Nice, nice. Well, I'm excited to be a, a part of it. Uh, we'll be doing that a little bit later on for your content. Uh, but yeah, like basically, uh, I would say the the big difference between the two of us is uh, I dabble in humorous short videos, photos, whatever, as like supplementary in between audio episodes. I would say videos more like your main meat and potatoes audio, kind of like second fiddle. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, anybody out there, as they say, videos the most like pull you in, catchy thing uh, to make people stop scrolling on the internet is pull them in with a video. Sure. Uh, whether that's entertainment, whether that's beer reviews, whether that's marketing, you know, like whatever it is, the videos catch the eye. So if people want to find you on all of those social media things that you just mentioned, anywhere you could be social, uh, I think your handle is mostly the same on all of them. Yeah, it's mostly the same. It's, it's uh, shy underscore beer underscore guy. If you're on Facebook, of course, it's shy space beer space guy. Awesome. Well, we will definitely have more about you a little bit later on in the program. But uh, as I was saying, man, I've had a crazy past couple of months, uh, just like personal, professional and, and everything in between uh, hobbies, all kinds of stuff just blowing up. Haven't had too many uh, free moments, but uh, it's crazy. I have had uh, Oktoberfest events these past several weekends. So goes well. Bless you. Gesundheit. Thank you. Prost and all those other things. Uh, yeah, I've had a ton of Oktoberfest events that I had been going to on weekends throughout September and October. Uh, I just had my cousin's wedding early in October. So sprinkled in throughout this program, we're going to have some audio clips of my day at the Open Bottles Seinfeld Oktoberfest, which one of my favorite okay. shows. So when they announced that, I knew I was going to be in attendance, mm -hmm. uh, as well as a clip from my hunt for craft beer at my cousin's wedding reception, because there's not always craft beer at that open bar. And that that's can, funny. That can be a problem. So uh, we will go on the hunt. Then later on in the show, we're going to be doing some pints up, pints down. Uh, that'll be where we sample and give our thoughts on offerings like Southern Tears, Cold Press, Coffee, Pumpkin. Uh, yeah, we're going to be a little basic bitches. You know, they love their pumpkin lattes. Well, we've got a beer with pumpkin and coffee. So you know what? We're doing it. Right. Uh, left hands, white Russian nitro. It's a white stout that the dude totally abides by. But we'll be sure to like give you our opinion. I'm, I'm Vanna White right now. Man. You, you guys can't see me who are listening. But if you're watching the video, 
I'm Vanna White displaying he is, these. He's Vanna Whiting the heavily influenced because you know sometimes you get in trouble if you um, pull from like a brand name or a cartoon or a video game or any kind of entity if you if you too obviously copy that and a lot of beers will push the envelope on how close and cute they can get. So yeah. you've got a picture of the cocktail, a white Russian with a bowling pin behind it. Clearly they are channeling the dude, the Big Lebowski, and his favorite drink. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll talk about the dude when we when we sip on that one for sure. I love um, that movie. Then we have Adroit Theories, Fiend Without a Face, which uh, if you want to Vanna White again on that one, that is by far the can art that will haunt your dreams uh, for today's episode because uh, that is a scary monster on the front of that. And then we have Anchorage Brewing's Expel because when you only have a few hours of daylight in Alaska, that lack of sunshine and vitamin D, that, that could drive you to drink, man. It really could. Uh, and I don't knock it. I mean, that's probably like one of the top hobbies over in, in Alaska and Anchorage, I would think. I would think, as it is in, in a lot of parts of the country. But, you know, we'll talk about vitamin D intake a little bit later when we're doing our beer intake. And after we review all of those, we will continue sipping on into our 99 bottles segment, where the topic of discussion will be the segregation of individual networks from the big streaming apps that we've come to know and love. Uh, if you don't know exactly what that means, we're going to break it down for you. So don't worry. Don't Interesting worry. topic. And uh, in just a few minutes, we're going to do our industry news and notes in what's hopping. But first, let's drop in on the start of my Oktoberfest journey from earlier this month. What's up, guys? Pooch here. After Work Drinks Podcast. Doing a little captain's log for you. And uh, I am on the expressway. Uh, on the tollway, actually. Uh, I'm paying a dollar fifty to make better time to my destination. That is the open bottle in Tinley Park for their Seinfeld Oktoberfest. Uh, that is correct, a Seinfeld-themed Oktoberfest. Uh, I don't know why it's never been done before, but damn it, these pretzels are making me thirsty. And on the program, it may have been regular pretzels, and uh, now we're going to go a little bit bigger. We're going to go German big as hell soft pretzel but uh, I think the line still applies so uh, it should be a lot of fun uh, a lot of cool events going on uh, a lot of cool Oktoberfest going on Um, this is uh, actually taking place October 5th uh, is is when this is being recorded Uh, last week the 28th we were at Imperial Oak Brewing for their Oaktoberfest and we recorded live from their brewery last year for our Oktoberfest episode. So uh, we didn't capture any audio there this time. Uh, There is pictures and video from the times we had uh, on our social media, so you can check that out. Facebook and Instagram, at AWD Podcast. Twitter, at AWD Pod. And Snapchat, After Work Drinks, all one word. Uh, We put some stuff up from that, so you can totally check that out. Uh, But yeah, today we're going to be at the Open Bottle. There's also events going on at Sound Growler, uh, friends of ours as well. Uh, But man, it's hard to make it to them all. You know, they get stacked up near the end of September and early October, and you can't make it to them all. But uh, best of luck to all the breweries that still have upcoming events, and uh, I'm sure they all will put on a good time for y'all. 
and uh, props to everyone who's already held theirs. I've heard nothing but glowing things uh, from the people that have attended the different events so far. But yeah, we're going to do this Seinfeld one because if it hasn't been mentioned before on the podcast, uh, Pooch is a Seinfeld fan, big time. And uh, it's just one of those shows where, you know, you're going through the channels and in syndication, if there's nothing going on, you mindlessly just fall back in and watch that episode for the 25th time in your life. Uh, it's really fun, and I mean, as if Oktoberfest wasn't good enough, uh, putting this little spin on it will be even better. We'll see if anybody dresses up, maybe a, a little puffy shirt, a little pirate shirt action, I don't know. Uh, but we're going to have some cool stuff, playing some German games, obviously. Uh, there's a German nail game by a name I can't pronounce, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, we're going to have some employees from the Open Bottle coming by and doing a little Seinfeld close talker action, give you a personal trivia question, and if you can answer it correctly, you will win a small prize. And, of course, you can't do Oktoberfest without a Steinholding competition. That's going to be going on to end the night. You can win yourself a gift card to the Open Bottle. Uh, So just a lot of cool stuff like that, a lot of good food for the occasion, some German fare to soak up all those Oktoberfest beers, Uh, and I want to say they just added another one this morning, uh, like a super traditional, I believe from Germany, uh, Oktoberfest, so that along with like all the breweries that are participating uh, locally from the Chicagoland area, I know... There's Revolution, Phase 3. I don't have the list pulled up in front of me. And uh, as I think I mentioned at the start of this, uh, if you can hear any background noise, I'm totally uh, going 70 miles per hour on the expressway right now. So, you know, I can't really look on my phone uh, to name every brewery. But trust me, uh, some of the top Oktoberfests that have been brewed for this year from some of the top breweries, really excited to taste as many of those as possible. I have my open bottle Seinfeld themed Stein uh, ready to go. I'm wearing the event t-shirt and uh, you know you get some perks for buying the Stein and the shirt so I'm planning to cash in on those. Get a couple of dollar pintfuls or Steinfuls really I should say uh, more than a pint and uh, and a freebie pour as well. Uh, so I'm definitely going to try at least like half the Oktoberfest and they've always got a nice array of things that are on tap regularly, so might dip into a couple of those as well. Uh, definitely not going to leave the event without some encased meats in my belly, so pretzels and sausages. And uh, I'll try to check in a couple more times and maybe tell you what my favorite Oktoberfest was of the ones I tried and just uh, overall uh, what the vibe was and, and the fun that was had. So if you weren't able to make it out yourself, you can live vicariously through us and uh, you know maybe make a little note of some of the top Oktoberfest we try so that next year when those breweries make them again you jump on it and you know which ones are not to be missed so uh, I'm going to stop rambling and the next time you check in if it's not too loud in that place hopefully uh, I can give a live report from inside Uh, this is the After Work Drinks podcast uh, going to be on location from the Open Bottle in Tinley Park, Illinois very shortly. Stick with us. For all the latest news and events, visit our page at twitter.com slash awdpod. And once you're there, make sure you never miss a tweet. Follow our Twitter handle at awdpod. It's time for all the latest news and events. What's going on? This 
is what's happened. All right, let's start things off with some prehistoric beer laws. The first change to beer alcohol limits since the end of Prohibition nearly a century ago has come to Utah. The state was the next to last in the country to say goodbye to lower alcohol 3.2% beer as the calendar turned from October to November. Now drinkers welcome new, slightly stronger brews to Utah grocery stores, gas stations, and bars. Lawmakers have raised the limits to a still low 4% by weight, yielding as large breweries decided to stop making lower alcohol suds for a market that's shrinking amid changing laws. The change leaves Minnesota as the last state to have 3.2% beer. The makers of national beers like Budweiser are marking the occasion with new marketing efforts in the state. The iconic Budweiser Clydesdales were in Salt Lake City Halloween week as part of a mock funeral for 3.2% beers, complete with life-sized coffin and costumed Grim Reaper pallbearers walking the streets to cheers. For more info on the law change, you can visit apnews.com. And Washington Nationals fan Jeff Adams became a minor internet celebrity when cameras caught him bouncing a Jordan Alvarez home run off his chest while double-fisting beers during Game 5 of the World Series. With the home run coming from a Houston Astros player, Adams prioritized his beverages over catching the ball and he was lauded for appearing to save every drop of his most certainly pricey ballpark beer. Some opined that Bud Light would be foolish not to spin the moment into a commercial, as Adams was holding blue bottles of the mass market beer in each hand. Bud Light obliged in short order, putting together a national ad that then aired during Game 6 of the series. For his beer-conserving effort and willingness to star in an ad, Adams flew to Houston and attended Game 6 on Bud Light's dime, where he wore a custom-made t-shirt commemorating his big moment. There's no word on whether Adams received further compensation for becoming the face of Bud Light during the MLB World Series. For more info, you can visit msn.com. And in a local news story, Chicago's District Brew Yards, a.k.a. The Brew Yards, has announced that Casa Humilde Cerviceria Artesanal has officially joined the production brewery collective Pour Your Own Beer Hall and Retail Beer Shop in Westtown, which is already the permanent home to Burnt City Brewing, Around the Bend Beer Company, and Bold Dog Beer Company. Casa Humilde takes over the full 10-tap wall, formerly known as the Fourth Wall, which previously featured District Brewyard's collaborations and guest brewers. Brothers Jose and Javier Lopez, the co-founders and brewers of Casa Humilde, or Humble House, say that they are honored to be a part of the District Brewyard's community and look forward to bringing their approachable, easy-drinking beer style into the fold to attract more of their people who currently aren't craft beer drinkers. For more information on the Lopez Brothers' industry background and a full press release, you can visit CasaHumildeChicago.com or DistrictBrewyards.com. And for your upcoming local events, we have the Festival of Wood and Barrel-Aged Beer, the world's largest and most prestigious barrel-aged beer festival and competition, returning to Chicago November 8th and 9th at the UIC Forum, 725 West Roosevelt Road. More than 200 craft breweries from across the United States will showcase their rarest, most innovative wood and barrel-aged brews, competing for top honors in the National Barrel-Aged Beer Competition. 
For tickets and information, visit Fobab.com. And it's a different name, but still the same mother truckin' good time. Returning to Sears Center Arena on Saturday, November 23rd, Mother Truckin' Beer Fest is now Mother Truckin' Booze Fest. The legendary craft beer and food truck lineup will now feature even more options, including craft spiked seltzer, hard lemonades, malt-flavored beverages, wine coolers, and small-batched cocktails. With each ticket, you will receive a commemorative tasting glass, 25 tasting tickets, and full access to the festivities, craft beer, craft cocktails, specialty food trucks, live music, masked Nacho Libre wrestling, the cascading Beeringham Fountain, and much, much more. For tickets, visit eventbrite.com. And as entertaining as it just was for my gringo ass to hear myself try to pronounce Casa Humilde several times, we have to move on. Uh, That is enough laughs for now. That's going to do it for news and events. Let's check in on how I'm doing at Oktoberfest. Pooch here, After Work Drinks Podcast. It is very loud inside the Seinfeld Oktoberfest event here at the Open Bottle. Uh, I don't know how much of this is actually making it through, but I will say that of the six or seven Oktoberfests on tap today, I tried Phase 3, I tried Worktoberfest by Workforce Brewing, and I tried something straight off the boat from Germany, and I'm going to tabulate my taste buds and let you know what my favorite of the night was very, very shortly, so stay tuned, and uh, if you're listening to this while having yourself a nice Marzen, prost to you, my friends. Stay tuned. After Work Drinks Podcast. For all of our latest show info, like upcoming interviews and guests, visit facebook.com slash awdpodcast and like us today. I hope we can be friends. We're friends to the end, remember? Pints up. Cheers. Oh my God, it's so good. It's amazing. Or pints down. This is terrible. Did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? All right, pints up, pints down. If you've been with us from the start or you've tuned in to recent episodes, you probably know how this works. Uh, it's, it's very simple. Uh, we don't go deep dive. I know that's your specialty, Brady, but I'm going to ask you. Gonna, right. I'm going to ask you to just rein it in. I'm, ch- I'm chill today, so I'm in the All mood right. to just... Uh, do it uh, real, real easy. Do it up real easy. We'll, we'll probably, uh, we'll probably spend maybe like three to four minutes on on, on each of these beers. You know, lightning round it. We're we're not gonna go too there. Just uh, you know, we'll tell you our, our initial thoughts, and we'll uh, you know call out some some tasting notes that we see there, and uh, anything else we think that might uh, help inform you if you might be interested in these styles of beer. And we've got four of them for you, and we're gonna start off with a, a little tis the season kind of beer. Now, uh, on the last episode of the podcast, I had my, my guy, Louis V. And uh, Louis V, he made a joke at the end of the podcast. I said, you know, we're going to start getting into fall season, Halloween, uh, you know, pumpkin, all the, all the basic bitches with the lattes and, and pumpkin, everything under the sun, pumpkin Oreos, pumpkin, I don't know, whipped cream, pumpkin, pumpkin I don't know, I was going to say something dirty, just pumpkin everything, pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin flavored condoms, pumpkin lube, oh, let's just God. pumpkin it all, you know? Like there's just pumpkin everything so my, my guy louie he he made the joke that when i said you know it's gonna be time pumpkin beers are coming and and he shouted out pumpkin 
Now, I've had a regular pumpkin before from Southern Tier, but this is something different. This is a limited release. Cold pressed coffee pumpkin. Now, I like coffee beers a lot. So when I saw this on the shelf at first, uh, my girlfriend actually pointed it out. She saw it and she was like, oh, pumpkin. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're kind of like a pumpkin beer staple, Southern Tier. They've been doing that for a while. And then I looked closer because I saw the limited tag on it. Oh, okay, this is a little different. This is cold pressed coffee pumpkin. Mm -hmm. So being a coffee guy, that that intrigued me. So uh, I am interested in this variant. Uh, Let's let's crack it open on mic, of course. Yes, yes. This guy knows. He, he knows how to do it. So for anybody not familiar, Southern Tier is out of Lakewood, New York. Uh, and what we're about to try falls in the category of a pumpkin or yam beer. You can typically expect there to be lots of spices involved in that kind of thingamabobber. Because beers are thingamabobbers now. Uh, I got a nice golden color going on here. I definitely, I can smell, I feel like I smell the, the pumpkin, the, the spices going on in there. Definitely real strong pumpkin. Very strong. I don't really smell the coffee. Now, I'm avoiding a lot of sick people in my family and my girlfriend lately, and they haven't gotten to my nose yet, so I'm thinking I'm 100% with my my nose and my taster here, so I'm going to go in for my first sip. Okay. Definitely strong pumpkin on that second smell. Um, You took the first sip, but on the second smell, I caught some of those spices. Yeah, definitely... um, Definitely strong pumpkin on the on the taste. I feel like you get a little bit of that um, like coffee bean, that coffee like flavor as it settles on the tongue, and then I just feel almost like this is a little exaggeration. It's not quite like you, you ate pop rocks with soda, but you do get a little bit of like I think like the spice tingles on the tongue. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a nice a nice balance. Um, I want to say the coffee is a little secondary, but that's fine. Because, I mean, original pumpkin is, is pretty much just it all does, the pumpkin you taste. It does say on the bottle, light roasted coffee. So there you go. When I when I make my Keurig uh, and I pop in my, my stuff, I, I like a medium to dark roast. I feel like light roast coffee kind of has a little like watery, watery. effect. It's not, it, Definitely. You know, it's not the shit that puts hair on your chest. So this is kind of like that version in beer. You, you get the, the hint, the notes of coffee, but um, not full bore, I would say. So I'm going to take one more sip here, and, and I'm thinking uh, I think I like this one. Yeah, you know what? I fucking like it. I, I actually do. I'm not a big fan of pumpkin beers at all. Um, right. That's why. They're, basically, I bought this as a gag and kind of crossed my fingers thinking because of the coffee element, and I like coffee beers, that that's why I would do it. I got to say, yeah, I mean, it goes, it goes coffee and pumpkin obviously go together well. You know, think about... The basic bitches have been brewing ba- it for the, years at Starbucks. The basic bitch latte, that's what it's called. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I mean, it's at first... First taste, I didn't actually catch any of the coffee that you were saying. Second taste, I caught that subtle coffee on the back end. Yeah. Um, it's a nice, slightly roasted characteristic to an, what an otherwise would be, what would otherwise be a sweet beer. Uh, another thing before I give my final verdict on this is it is a 8.6% ABV, and it doesn't feel yeah. that boozy to me. It doesn't. I, I feel I like... saw it on the bottle when I was looking at it, so I was prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, but... Maybe this, maybe the spiciness masks it. Like maybe any kind of like strength to the alcohol content. Maybe I'm fooled by thinking like it's it's spice. But I, I feel like if this does sneak up on me for having a lot of like if I railed two or three eight point six percenters, um, I don't know. Maybe it would sneak up on you, but it just goes down really easy. I, I like the flavor here. It does. Um, mm. For the the purpose of this segment, I'm gonna give it a pints up. And if I was rating it on Untapped. 
Um, I think I would probably on a, a good mood day, I would probably give it a four. I, I definitely no lower than a three, seven, five. Um, I'm feeling festive cause it is the season. So I think I might give it a four. So a very pints up from me. What, what do you say? Um, first of all, I'll say pints up and, uh, reason being is, like I said, I don't really like pumpkin beers whatsoever. I think, uh, Truthfully, and I'm going to get real harsh about pumpkin beers, is I think they're a little bit played out. I don't think a whole lot of people like them. Um, And I think it's mostly because a lot of pumpkin beers out there have uh, that fake pumpkin flavor. It's almost like pumpkin syrup, like very artificial. Like with, um, with anything, like whether you're drinking coffee, beer, whatever, you prefer the fresh like fruits and the fresh ingredients. Right, you can just tell when something is like a syrup or or artificial flavoring of some sort. Like, do you want? Do you now, want granted, your... this this does have artificial flavoring, but it's it's also got coffee beans added to it and the spices added to it, of course. So. I actually think comparatively to like regular pumpkin, it's, and I know you said don't go into a deep dive, but I'm going to finish this thought and then we'll move on. Go for it. Uh, I think this is better than regular pumpkin because of the coffee. Agreed. And this, uh, this is probably the only way that I would actually drink this beer is if it had light, light roasted coffee notes to combat all the sweetness and spiciness that you get from the pumpkin flavoring. And granted, although it is artificial flavoring, it's nice and balanced and it does go down smooth. So pints up for me. Nice. It's done well. If I had to rate it on untapped, um, given that it's still a pumpkin beer and it's not my favorite style. Go on the lower end. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll say it. I'll say a 3.7. All right, I which like is it. which is actually a pretty strong rating for that style of beer for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and like I said, I'm pretty much the same way. Um, I I I think I like I said a three seven five for sure. Uh, I'd go four maybe uh, around this time of year when it feels a little more seasonal appropriate. Um, it's good stuff. So yeah, if you're against pumpkin beer, I'm not saying to go spend the fifteen ninety nine or whatever that I did for a four pack. I'm not saying to do that. But if you if you go to Is a that shop, what it was? Yeah. If oh you, that's pretty pricey if, actually. If you go to a shop that uh, will let you split it up and you or, you know you got a friend that'll let you try one. Yeah. Give it a try because this is actually like a, a little like running theme, a little kind of like figure of pride that I, I have is you're not the first person that like doing these taste tests and, and reviews uh, that I've had on the show. I've had other friends that were like, Oh no, I hate insert type of beer here. Mm-hmm. And then they tried a certain one and it won them over and they're like, okay, I still probably don't like 90% of insert beer type here, but this one is amazing. And I, I've had sure. people, I've won people over with coconut beers that don't usually like coconut stout that don't usually like stout. Uh, oh my God, I hate sours. They're disgusting. Why did anybody ever think like that was a beer to, <laughs> that was to, a good to create? Style. Yeah, like yeah. that was a good idea. And and I've won them over and I've made those people like certain sours, like certain coconut beers, like certain stouts. So, I mean, you just never know. And I get it. Like it, it's your hard earned money. So you, if you think you don't like a style, you're not going to waste money on it. But if you get an opportunity to try the Southern Tier Cold Coffee Press Pumpkin, you might like it a lot better like the Shy Beer Guy does. A lot better than original pumpkin. Uh, let us cleanse our palates. And uh, I'm going to shoot the last sip of this. And we're going to move on to Left Hand Brewing Company's White Russian Nitro. Now, as we said at the top of the program, when we were prefacing this, uh, clearly a nod to The Big Lebowski. Uh, you a fan of the movie? Yes, definitely. 
I mean, the, the dude, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying. Dude. I'm not trying to have anybody like SD, but when we're talking about beer, and I find a good beer, <laughs> sometimes I need to know where the nearest ATM is. Is, is what I'm going to say. That's right. Uh, so, Left Hand is out of Longmont, Colorado. And uh, it's cool because a frequent co-host on the program, Danielle, uh, unfortunately, probably won't be appearing on the show as much anymore because she just moved to Colorado. Mm. And there's a lot of good breweries out there. So I instantly told her we're going to have to be beer mail buddies, like for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, so, you know, this is something that she can uh, she can fuck with now that she's out there. But uh, this is a white stout. What are your thoughts in general about white stouts? White stouts. Um I'm just going to fire it off, wrap yeah. it around. Yeah. A, I don't see a lot of them. Uh, B, I have only had a handful of them, so I cannot accurately say whether or not I like the style because I have had some that were not bad, and I've had some that were absolutely horrible. I think this might be my only second one that I've ever had. I'm going to let you do the honors. The guests always do the cracking right. honors. We actually, I want to wash this pumpkin out of my glass oh, yeah, so, yeah. We, so don't, we don't... Uh, don't, cross, uh, don't cross the streams, right? Yeah, yeah, I got some water here. I'm going to rinse out my glass. The good call. Yeah, those spices would have kind of tore into this and, and made it not a good mix. You would have had the uh, I'm drunk at a beer fest and I don't care anymore uh, swill at the bottom of your glass. All right. All right. So uh, so I just had, I recently just had uh, one of their left-hand nitro milk stouts out of a can. Um, I, I was, wow, that was intense. I think it was <laughs> close enough. It was. Um, and... It's actually a pretty damn fucking good beer. I really like nitro out of a can, actually, surprisingly. I just poured most of that stupidly. Sorry. Now, tell me, uh, because this is a white stout, but tell me, because of the flavor they're going for here, it's not just like a normal white stout. It's uh, trying to be a white Russian. So tell me, uh, are you a fan of the white Russian drink in any capacity? Um, <laughs> I've probably only had a white Russian maybe once or twice in my life. Um, I'm not a real big extravagant cocktail guy. Mm -hmm. um, I like beer and bourbon, and I am, yes, yes, guys, I am as simple as that. Beer and bourbon. I don't really dabble in anything else. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. And I'll try other stuff. I just I just never really have. So to answer your question, um, yes, from the times that I have had a white Russian, I do like it. But in beer form, I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about it. Okay, so I will say this. In my early 20s, when I was like legal drinking age and would go to weddings, I was kind of like, you know, just dumb. Like, hey, you know, I turned 21. I'm just starting to drink. And like, I don't know if it's the Big Lebowski movie or just like hearing it from other people. But it's like, all right, you kind of order the, the, the cocktails you, you heard about. Sure. So I did it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, like this kind of is like a desserty feel, you know, like it kind of like on par with people that like to get dessert martinis. I was kind of like, okay, like this is sort of a desserty drink, you know, you got the cream in there and it's not your your typical, uh, you know, cocktail. You got like a little bit of a thickness to it because of that. Um, goes down smooth with some bite. And I was like, oh, man. So in my early 20s, it became like my kind of just novelty, like gotta have at least like one every at, once in a while like like every wedding like every open bar wedding just novelty your, your drink guilt, guilty pleasure drink yeah a little guilty pleasure like novelty thing to do at a wedding 
And um, it's all right. Mine's a cosmopolitan. Yes, that's right. I'm totally joking. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be so proud of you for being uh, comfortable in your masculinity. No, saying no that beer to and the bourbon. Public. Beer and bourbon. It stays the same. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so here's the deal, guys. You got you got what a white stout normally is. Then you got this white stout that's trying to be a white Russian. Uh, underneath on the label here, it says it is a stout with coffee and vanilla added. Uh, also, under the ingredients, we're looking at Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, flaked oats, lactose, coffee, hops, vanilla, and yeast. So this is the ingredients that they use to try to replicate a White Russian. Let's see. Real how quick, they did. real quick, real quick. Yes, sir. Any beer made with Rocky Mountain water is amazing, because Rocky Mountain water is probably the best tasting and purest water Rocky I've Mountain ever had. High. Yeah, it's so good. So anyway, cheers. Smells good. Cheers. Smells. I smell a little vanilla. There's definitely some creaminess going on. Almost mimics the consistency of a white Russian. Like I feel like uh, the head on this beer has like a little extra smoothness going on with it. I mean, yeah. stout. A stout is creamy. This is basically just a. It is a nitro too. Version. So the nitro gives it that creamy uh, head. Mm-hmm. Definitely creamy and, and mouthfeel texture, all of a nitro stout, as you'd expect uh, in the traditional sense. I feel like there's a little bit of, almost like a little bit of alcohol bite in the finish. Not a lot. Yeah. But something that kind of like, because it seems impossible. Like, how can beer taste like, you know, like a like a vodka or something? Like, how, how can it taste like a, like a what's, liquor? What's the ABV on this? Uh, I believe it's at 8.9. So a 0.3 jump too? from our, our pumpkin. Okay. But yeah, a little. I think a little alcohol bite, almost kind of like on the tongue, sort of feels like when I'm drinking like liquor as opposed to beer. Um, so, however, they mimicked that, like uh, impressive the booziness. Yeah, the booziness. It it kind of. I didn't know it would be possible to sort of white Russian a beer, but I kind of. I feel like this sort of did it. Like it's not spot on, obviously, because it's apples to oranges, beer versus the ingredients of a white Russian. But I feel like if this was on ice, I would have more of the uh, effect because when it's coming off of ice, you get that little bit of water to cut the the creaminess, right? The thickness of it. Yeah, this is um, this is really nice. And like for anybody out there that's like. Wondering what like a white Russian or like a like a black uh, a black Russian. There's a black Russian too, you know. Yes. Um, if you're wondering like what that entails, uh, I want to pull it up on my my phone here just so you kind of know what we're comparing this this beer to. Um, so let's see, like white Russian ingredients. I haven't had one in a while. I just like I said, uh, we'll we'll dive into my cousin's wedding a little bit later on the program. But I actually <laughs> did not have a white Russian uh, for the first time in a long time. I did not do a white Russian at a wedding because I didn't want to get the bubbly guts. I had too many beers to switch to that. Bubbly for guts. Yeah. All right. So a white Russian is a cocktail made with vodka, coffee liqueur, and cream served with ice in an old-fashioned glass. Often milk or half and half will be used as an alternative to cream. So, makes sense. You have coffee in this beer to replicate the coffee liqueur. Again, like, obviously there's no vodka in beer, but it does have a little bit of a slight alcohol bite that sort of mimics, like, the, the aftertaste of vodka, in my opinion. And then, you know, you're not pouring cream into your beer, but a nitro stout has that creamy head, that creamy mouthfeel. So mm-hmm. um, I want to say, I want to say well done. I don't think uh, there's any other brewery or 
maybe I'm wrong that would try to replicate a white Russian in, in, in beer form, but uh, I think they did a pretty good job. So for me, I'm going to go pints up. I like this when I'm in the right Wait, mood. To be clear, good job in terms of um, how good it is or good job in terms of the execution of that, what you think the style would be? Uh, I will say good job in mimicking a white Russian. As far as like a white stout in general, uh, I can honestly say this is my second one. And the first one was so long ago and it was before the uh, invention of untapped. I would not have a way of like Rolodexing how I felt about it. Back but do then. you like the beer? I do like the beer. Okay. I do like the beer. Uh, it is not like blowing my stack like the, the most perfect beer, but I like stouts and I feel like in mouthfeel overall taste and and like how smooth and creamy it is that it's as a stout lover i could not hate a white stout uh in that sense uh and just the, the general form of the beer uh and then i, I just give bonus points because that nostalgia in my heart for uh as a young drinker hitting those <laughs> that wedding circuit man being a, a wedding crasher drinking white russians and dancing with the ladies i guess so uh, i give this guy a pints up I think I might like the pumpkin a little bit better. Uh, if I had to put a number on this for Untapped, I would say three seven five. Okay. How how do you feel? Because um, you haven't had that many more white stouts than me, but obviously uh, I've had, I've had a handful. Um, I think as far as the white stout department goes, I I wouldn't choose this one because it's not. Um, you know, it is what a white stout should be, but it's not at the same time, and I don't feel like elaborating on that. So that's all you guys are gonna get. That's cool because speed round, man. We, we don't. If you want fifteen minute breakdowns, that's when you go to go underscore guy on any social media platform. Shy beer guys, beer guy. You'll see his deep dives where he sits right here where I'm currently sitting. He gave me the yeah. The, you're in the spot. You're he in gave the throne. Me, he gave me the captain's chair. Like I, I feel good about this. Yeah, Thank your you for podcast, that. man. Yeah. So uh, I'm with my face behind you, <laughs> he's overseeing. Super me. obnoxious. He's I'm the, super obnoxious. He's guys. the he's the boss looking over your shoulder to make sure you do a good job is what he's doing on the wall behind me that's right that's right but, so uh, i'm gonna say uh in in terms of the white stout department i don't think this is a good iteration of the style obviously because they're trying to execute a white russian style yeah. version of it i think in the realm of white russians i think it's uh very well executed um i am impressed with that also that alcoholic aftertaste that they got going with it and the the overall creaminess of it uh, do I like it? No. So I'm going to give it a pints down. Um, if I had to rate it on untapped, I would I would probably give it, um, just because I, obviously it's not my style, I give yeah. it a 2.5. But we'll call it we'll call it a three a three solid three for the execution. Yeah, I, I will definitely say that uh, this is easily getting a, a half point extra for me because of like the white Russian and my tie-ins to what like a white Russian meant to me in my early 20s mm -hmm. like there's definitely like some nostalgia there's nostalgia yeah like if you I was just that. rating this as a beer and how frequently I would plunk down my money to drink it I'd probably be where you are I probably couldn't go any higher than like a three three two five but it really does for being like an outside the box science project it really does get close to what a, a, a white Russian could be uh in my again, nobody else is doing this. I don't have anything to compare it to, but like as close as I would think you could get to being a, a white Russian in beer. But now we get exciting, my friend. Now we get exciting because these last two beers are from uh, Tavour, which, if you don't know, it's a subscription service where well. 
pseudo subscription service. You don't like you're not obligated to to buy in monthly. It's just whenever you want. Uh, you get two new beers posted every day in your region, and you have the option to click get it and throw it into your box. And then you build a box for as long as you want, uh, anywhere from two weeks to five weeks. And whatever you pick for your ship date, uh, it ships at a flat I rate. I love this idea. Yeah. I literally had this idea over the last three years. I had the exact idea. I said, what if there's a, a shipping service where you can ship different micro beers all around you know, the world or the United States? And so I knew somebody was going to beat me to it. I knew it. I it's you know. it's a beautiful thing. So they, they it's sh- great. It's so awesome. They ship at a flat rate, fourteen fifty. And before we started recording, I told you like my qualms. Like so, these beers are from my first box. I'm I'm piecing together my second box now. It's not going to ship for like another four weeks. It's like November. Like maybe I'll have it for like holiday drinking. Um, mm-hmm. So this is gonna like help shape like my first impressions of it because uh, what I told you is you know different styles of beers like a lot of times you have your your stouts that like y- you sit on those those age well but then a lot of times people want to drink like IPAs like pretty fresh well so what happens here is when a beer posts the people at Tavour got X amount of cases from the brewery these are all breweries that do not distribute outside of their local area. So it's all breweries that are either you can only buy these cans and bottles in our tap room or locally at insert city here that we brew in like the surrounding neighborhood, like bars and, and um, liquor stores. So uh, the, the thing with this is you kind of have to like find the middle ground of like, I can ship really fast in two weeks. So if I'm ordering like IPAs or something that I want to have as fresh as possible, uh, but then also that fourteen fifty, like you know, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a pretty high shipping cost. So you want to pack in as many beers as you can. So that has me leaning toward like going closer to the five week shipping mark, so that I get as many beers that I'm interested in shipped for that that price to justify it. Like right. I don't want to pay fourteen fifty to, to ship three beers, right, you know, right, like right, right. <laughs> hoping it's double digit beers. Um, at least 10 or 12. And then you're also working against like what the can date is. So sometimes when a beer goes live on the app, uh, it might say it was canned a week ago. Other times it might say it was canned like a month or two ago. So whatever the factors are in that, like that allotment, it's all adding to the time because it's the date it was canned, the date the app posted it to be available for purchase to add to your cart the date it's delivered to you, depending on when you picked your ship date, and then how long you dick around once it's in your hands. And right. this is something that I've been struggling with as a person doing like uh, beer content is like a lot of these special beers that you know you basically can only get at the brewery or through Tavour through their exclusive partnership. I struggle with what to do with them because I'm like, all right, not all these styles like last forever. Um, but obviously because it's a little bit special, being here in Chicago and getting beers from fucking Anchorage, Alaska and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I want to save them for a special occasion and, and you know, like, you know, you do stuff solo. If I have to, I'll do stuff solo. I like to have someone to play off of when, sure. when I do content. Sure. Um, so sometimes, you know, you kind of, you try to schedule stuff and then somebody gets sick or something comes up, something, you know, something yeah. falls through the cracks and you're sitting on these beers that you want to hold for that special podcast or, you know, social media occasion to review it. And, and it's just getting older. And so Tavour is a great app. If you don't do beer content for a hobby, 
bless your heart. The, the day it comes in the mail, throw it in the fridge, get it cold and drink it. Mm-hmm. But if you're me or you, then there's like a, a quandary that the normal man or woman does not have. So uh, next up, we're going to do a droit theory. Fiend without a face. It's a hazy deepa, as I like to say. Got that imperial double, baby. I've got to slug this. Yeah, you gotta you gotta slug that white Russian. So I'll I'll buy you some time while you do that, and I'll I'll read the can here. So, uh, this was brewed on July thirty first, twenty nineteen, and uh, this was Adroit Theory. They are in Vint Hill, Virginia. Now, the thing that's funny is when you go on Untapped, it says that Adroit Theory is in. Purseville, Virginia, but by their own label, and you, you know, assume that they know where they live. So I don't know if these are like borderline towns or what, but the can says Vint Hill, Virginia. Untapped says Purseville, Virginia. We're just going to say Virginia. And I like when cans do this, uh, as we alluded to in the crazy April snowstorm when, uh, when we last collaborated. Uh, I forget which beer it was, but one or two of the beers that you had uh, did a similar thing. We with, did like, some Burnt City and Bulldog and... And like one or two of those had like food pairings. And I like when they do that on the oh, label. Oh, Around the Bend. Around yeah. the Bend, dude. The Brute, the brute IPA. Extra so, Circus. So here's the deal. These, these guys are going to tell you that this goes well with food like beef brisket mm. with slow roasted... Romano beans and black mm. olive aioli. That's like very fucking specific. You know, it's like it's not like drink our beer with steak. Like I don't even know what the fuck a Romano bean is. And okay, like black olive aioli. Okay, I don't right. know, but you were you use words like brisket and slow roasted and aioli, and, and you drool a little, right? And you're like, oh man, Ugh. I don't know what that all tastes like, but it sounds good. And then it says for cheese, and this is a cheese I've never heard of, Roelli Dunbarton Blue. Let me see. I'm about to do this in my fun voice. Roelli. Okay, never mind. Fuck it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah I, don't, right? I don't know. I looked at it immediately and I froze. And then it says... Uh, wow. Deer Headlights. Are you a cigar smoker? Because it has a cigar recommendation for this beer too. Oh, cool. Which is nice. An Ashton Aged Maduro. Does it have any advice on how to better my credit? Uh, it does not. But <laughs> hey, man, beers could get that way at some point, you know? So uh, this one is 10% alcohol by volume. And also, uh, when you go on Untapped, and it also says here in the lower left corner of the, the label. So the beer is called Fiend Without a Face. It has a very scary skull, huge, like, claws, like... Uh, and this is by who? El- this, is, this is uh, Adroit Theory Adroit in Virginia. Theory. Uh, so this guy, he's got like some spikes on his back. He has like claw nail fingers that kind of look like, um, like if you're Marvel Comics, like Wolverine type thing, like uh, Wendigo had like mm-hmm. I think the the hands with like the crazy spiked finger claw type things. Kind of has like that going on. Freddy Krueger, like a skull thing, like some skull, like some spike shoulder pads, like a chain, like cross chest thing going on, like really creepy. Like will haunt your dreams. You are nailing this description, right? Man. Like perfect, perfect for Halloween. Like the fact that we're recording this just days. That we're recording this the. It is pretty spooky looking. We're recording this the weekend before Halloween. I feel like this. That's the cool. fact that I sat on. We'll this have to take some bit. pictures. There will be some pictures posted on both of our pages. Yeah, for sure. Of all these beers. Uh, I like the can art on the last two of these beers that we have here, so I'm excited to try them. Now, something that's cool this about is a, this... Oh, shit. This is a, a hazy. 
It is a hazy. Now tell wow. me, tell me how you, how much you like this. Did you see in the corner here? Like, have you ever bought like um, a piece of memorabilia, maybe autographed, and it's numbered? This beer literally says that it's fucking four thousand and fifty six out of sixty nine hundred made. I don't think I've ever seen that on a beer. And that's, no, but that's cool as shit, actually. It is because how many beers are like you know done annually or like one offs that are and this is promoted all, also ten percent. Yeah. Like, how many beers have you seen that are promoted as, like, very exclusive? Wouldn't it be fucking cool if more breweries, like, told you, like, hey, your number, whatever, out of whatever, like, help you? Like, what if you had number one out of 6,900? Wouldn't you just, like, feel a little special? I'd save it forever. Right? Save it forever. Just let it rot. Yeah, let it rot. It it would probably be money wasted, and it'll never turn into anything. It also says Ghost 764 on there. Which is another thing I wanted to bring up. Now, I don't know... I'm not familiar with their full portfolio, but I looked at some of their other can art uh, when you see the pictures on Untapped, and it looks like this isn't their only scary can. So I don't know how long Adroit Theory's been around. I would honestly, like, I'd have to, like, live Google that right now to know how many years in the game they are. But I wonder if... if Good thing we have these technological devices. Yeah, you know what? I'll talk while you search Adroit Theory um, and see how many years they've been around when they were founded. But, like, my guess not knowing is like when you look this beer up on untapped it says it is named fiend without a face and then it says parentheses ghost 764 just like it says on this can so my thing is do they frequently post monsters ghosts etc etc as part of their can art have they been around enough years that this is the 764th scary dude on a can or like is there some other meaning we don't know because we're not from virginia we're not locals drinking this shit i don't know hmm but I'll, you know what? Since you're looking that up, I know I said I like I like to let the guests crack it. But since you're you're doing some research and development for us to find out how long this brewery's been around, I'm going to give this guy the crack for us. The inaugural crack. Oh yeah, that felt that felt good to do. Ooh, ooh, I like this. I didn't mean to drink it. I didn't mean to drink it, but like my head was overflowing. I had to do something about it. Man, it tastes really good. So, I, I, again, I, I jumped the gun on the taste there because uh, my cup overfloweth with, with goodness. But um, So, I don't know when they started because it's not showing me. Hmm. Also, informativeness on this can. Did you know that women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy? Oh, I'm in trouble. Right? Baby beer guy. Baby beer guy. <laughs> 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 That's exactly the name for my future if not child ladies i'm looking he's looking for you all right so this on the nose is like very citrusy you got like a uh, a very vibrant yellow color and like visual it's a, it's a little hazy it's not the the most mm. you know what though I, f- I feel like i'm getting thrown off because you have this awesome professional equipment you have like this this like spotlight lighting. backlighting thing going on here for the video and so i feel like when i look across the table at your beer it's like a darker yellow and then when i look at mine it's like more in the direct path of the light you're shining on us and i feel like it's like better? brighter there you go yeah push you gotta push it into the light so I feel like I got a bright yellow going on here. I, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, it smells very, very citrusy. Um, it smells citrusy and also mildly um, tropical. Notes of pineapple and peach. Yes. I'm catching. So, uh, very strong, actually. I really like testing your like skills because I always feel like sometimes I can't pick apart like every last 
you know, thing that goes into a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like you did a good job right there. So according to Untapped, we're, we're supposed to be finding bright aromas of mango and tropical passion fruit, soft peach, sweet apricot, and a flash of dank is met with a creamy body with a snap of bitterness fades into semi-sweet finish. See, I get the tropical from the mango. Yeah, I was sure. thinking that it was pineapple. It does smell kind of pineapple-y. It does. I, I feel like I smell that. Maybe that. Maybe but that. When you make when you when you have combinations of fruit characteristics, whether it's aroma or flavor profile, it's it's easy to get them confused. For sure. Yeah. Um, going it back. It also smells mildly grassy too. That was the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. On my, you, first, on my first nose, on my first pull up to my nose, it yeah. was. You said citrus. I said grass. You know what? What's uh, the the correct combination of those words would be lemongrass, right? That would be a citrus grass. Would it not? Lemongrass yeah, you flavor? Could, you could say citrus grass. You could say whatever the fuck you want. Whatever you smell and whatever you taste is 100% correct. I'm going to say I smell lemongrass. That's a thing. All things considered. And it's good for you. I thought this was going to be... Do you mind if I go first? Oh, go ahead. Go All ahead. Right. For sure. So... Because now now we're on even playing field. The first two, I, I apologize. I had to crack one when I bought them. But these two... That's okay. I was I, pleasantly surprised with the pumpkin, actually. And I thought that was probably going to be the worst one. And you being the shy beer guy, I was so happy that you told me that you didn't have these two that I ordered from Tavaur. I didn't expect that you wouldn't have had the first two. I thought you would have been more familiar with yeah, them. So you I'm, know, I'm I happy. S- I'm I happy. Because s- I, I like when I can surprise you. you you've, uh, you've been doing the content for a little bit longer than me. So the hardcore, like searching out like the goodness, you've got like a extra like year and a half in the game than I, I I do. So well, actually, I've been doing it for longer than that. For longer than I've been doing the content, you know, I was a I was a consumer before I did all of this. I'm just a fan of beer. I'm just that's it. I'm just a fan. So I dabbled in these uh, bigger brands like Left Hand and like Southern Tier, and early on in my beer drinking career and. Now, um, it's kind of come full circle. I'm actually kind of strangely, um, every, every so often coming back to that Yeah, where I'm trying other things. What's interesting to me now, because there's so many players in the field is, um, quality to price ratio. That's really, really intriguing to me. And that's something I want to shed a little bit of light on. And it's all opinion based, of course, but most people say that they, you know, their palates are similar to mine when I describe things or they'll, they'll catch the same things that I do. So for those people, I try to provide that insight. I will, I will say this. Um, you mentioned like, you know, value, obviously, uh, the tank of gas or the airplane ticket to go to, to other States to get this beer, like Tavaur is cheaper to do it clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, there's been plenty of things that like mouth water, like when I read the description and then I'm like, Oh, it's like a bottle and it's 31 99 pass. And then there's like stuff that I've gotten where they sometimes offer instead of like priced by the individual. Sometimes they have a deal where they'll be like two cans of it for eight ninety nine two cans of it for 11 and i'm like oh i get two hell yeah so i'm looking for value not just at the liquor store i'm looking if, for value on this app too if so, you're and paying I try. if you're paying on that app if you're paying like seven eight dollars a can like that's perfectly aligned with what it costs here anyway right so the way you have to look kind at of. it the way you have to look at it is like if you were to buy like depending on the beer does it come in a two pack a four pack a six pack is it 12 ounce 16 ounce all those variables that you know justify what the price should be um the thing about it that i try to think is don't be too averse to like paying eight dollars for a can because a lot of the cans on tavour are 7.99 
don't be so averse to that because if that beer was on a menu at your local tap room or, or bar for a craft beer, like $8 is a pretty standard price for a pour. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you should be upset with that. However, they do have some stuff where they have certain like 16 ounce cans and then they have certain like uh, higher ounce bottles, uh, you know, larger format bottles where it's like, that's a shitload of money. And like, you're kind of taking a gamble on trying something from out of state because that's intriguing. This is the only way I'm ever going to taste it. But I would feel a little squirrely unless there was enough internet information out there that 85% of America loves this beer to take a gamble on $32 beer. And then I might be like, Ugh. like, so mm-hmm. I try to stay away from those. I, I did order a couple of big ass bottles, um, that I haven't cracked open yet in my first box. Um, I'm confident cause they involve like stout being a stout and like coconut and other like flavors that I'm, I'm into. So I, I mm-hmm. erring a little bit on the side of caution that that's up my alley, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, but just to, to get back around here to Fiend Without a Face, uh, I'm going to let you go first. So we're, we're talking yeah. about like citrus. We're talking about grass. We uh, lost our video, unfortunately, by the way. Oh, that's okay. Our vi- yeah, our it's video gone. went out. That's all right. We got we got the first half. Now we can just... Now we can like not worry about... And... Now I can take my hood off and show how terrible my hair looks. Yeah, yeah. I, we could do all that. Dude, I'm, I'm doing the hippie thing. It's like... I like really it. Fucking... Letting so it... I'm going to... I'm, I haven't done this since I was in high school, but I'm I'm growing out my hair and I'm... Letting do- it I'm, loose. I'm going to donate it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. I think that'll be cool. Um, my buddy did a similar thing and uh, we're, we're pretty similar and I was like, hey, you know, like I, I was planning on growing it out anyway, but... Where, where are we at now with the length? You just flashed it a little bit. Are we like just a little bit pushed back and below the ear? It's like... Okay. Uh, it's very slick, slick back. It's very uh, Jax Teller right now. Okay. Okay. If you know what I'm saying. Um, I, I'm, I'm just because I saw Joker last week, I want to like put some makeup on dude, you and say, I, yeah, Joker, no, Joker, no, Joker yeah. like there. <laughs> I was going, to, I was thinking about, oh, I have to do my Joker laugh, man. I have to do my Joker laugh. You haven't heard it. Do it, do it. You gotta take a Should sip. I do of, it. Do it on mic. Take an take an enjoyable sip of beer and laugh at the fact that it's good. Okay. All right. We're gonna do that. But I was going to be Joker this year. We'll nice. See how you it still goes. can. You you still got about a week. See, I want to. But the thing is, is I have to get the right costume. Like it's got to be spot on. on point. Yeah, that's hard. And to And like do. the makeup's got to be on point. That little runny. Yeah. Yeah. You know, little, and, like, and the and the laugh lines up top. The the yeah, stress lines. Yeah. The, like little di- runny diamond eyes and yeah, like, yeah, 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 all that. So yeah, if I can't do that, then it's not worth it for me. But the hair is like perfect because all I have to do is dye it green, and it's I'm, like the right length. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm down I'm down with you being like dressed to character. Uh, please don't shoot any talk show hosts. Spoiler alert! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, you saw and the movie. I am the new host of After Works Drinks. There you go. There you go. Wait, I shouldn't yep. be talking. I'm dead. He just shot me. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to sip this beer, do my Joker laugh, and I will let you know what you think. What I think. Okay. So. I love it. I love it. This is this being an October episode, uh, you know, I want to I want to get some spooky crazy shit going on in here and that was a a very uh what what what's the word? Like authentic. uh yeah, very authentic Perhaps you belong in a rubber room kind of laugh. I like it. And uh I thought that was very uh Joaquin Phoenix. It, it was. 
I loved that movie. I and, thought it was great. And the thing that was goofy was just like the fact that they played it off where it was like a medical condition and like he was handing out that card. Like, yeah, I just like they made laugh it at it. Real. They made it real world. Yeah, they did. That's what made it so enjoyable. And I hope they don't make a second one because I want it to stand alone on its own because it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's very beautifully yeah. written. And Joaquin Phoenix did a great job. But uh, it, it was a cool way to like tie in like the, the DC Universe Batman Joker, but also like kind of like a real world like a little bit of a commentary on like mental health stuff. Yeah. Uh, obviously a little sensational cause it's based on a comic book, but like there were at its roots, like things that were very real world and like stuff that, you know, should be, should be discussed. Right. But, uh, yeah. and this is not ruining anything for the people that haven't seen it, by the way. You yeah, can, no, not at still, all. You can still go see it. So anyway, let's jump into the beer. Um, initially when you poured it, I was thinking that it was too, uh, it was too, not hazy enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I was searching for the words. I was going to say the same thing. I was like, not we're th- hazy. We're three beers in now. And I don't um, know what the not hazy like equivalent is in vocabulary, but yeah, I was thinking not hazy too. It looks a little clearer than I expected it. But Yeah, and that probably has to do with some of the drop-off. However, um, because it was canned on July 31st. 7, July 31st. Yeah. Considering that, I mean, we're at the end of October. That was almost three months ago. Yeah. I think it tastes pretty damn good. The hop, the hop prominence is still there. Yeah, like I said, you get those notes of of tropical and uh, stone fruit like peach, and a little bit of grassiness on the nose. And like I said, prominent hops up front. Um, the the fruit characteristics translate, but they translate mildly, so it's not overtly sweet. You get those fruity characteristics without be, without it being overtly sweet. I one hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Um, Definitely get that happiness up front. Uh, citrusy. Uh, wonder if the citrus would have a little more punch if we were drinking it a little, a little fresher. Um, I think it definitely would. I will say for my... There would probably be more mouthfeel too. Yeah. I will say for my part, uh, this is only half my fault. So this thing was canned July 31st. Mm-hmm. I ordered it in August, but with a five-week window so I could get as much as I could for that flat rate. And and that's where the conundrum comes in, as I, I mentioned earlier, is uh, this was delivered, I want to say, like, September, was it, like, 11th? or It was September, like, somewhere in double digits. And then I sat on it because I knew I wanted to review it on the podcast, and it had badass can art, and it was very highly rated on Untapped. And uh, so I like it a lot. I, I wouldn't doubt that if I could have had it back in August that it might have even had another quarter point on it if I if I had it a little fresher. But um, where where are you on pints up, pints down on drinkability, and then where would you give a number on Untapped? Um, I'm I'm definitely gonna say pints up, and majority of that has to do with uh, how well it's held up over these last three months of it being canned. Um, so pints up on that, uh, where I would give it a rating currently as of right now as a, as a can that was canned on the 31st of July and it is now the end of October. I, um, I will give it a solid 4.0 and this is me imagining what it tastes like when it's fresh because it's even good now. And I, I am going to go hand in hand with you pints up. I could drink this for days. And I'm going to give it a four. And I would think if I, you know, if they do another run of this, if, if it's not like a one-off thing, if this is something that maybe is like an annual beer, again, I, I don't know what a Droit Theory's brewing schedule is. I, I'm not sure if anyone out there ever listens from Virginia and knows, hey, man, shoot me an email, hit us up on social. Um, but yeah, I give it a four as it is. And I would think if we if we had it fresher, uh, closer to that can date, I would probably 
be thinking it would be like a four and a quarter beer, but I'll give it a four for right now. I'm very, very pleased with this. And then uh, let's wrap things up with Anchorage Brewing. Now, this is another one. Anchorage, Alaska. It, not the most creative thing. They just named their brewing company after the town they're in. But uh, it's an oatmeal stout, uh, or as nice. it says here, oat stout ale. Uh, a little OSA. Yeah. So OSA. I like that. The thing, you down with OSA? This is going to be a true test. Obviously, IPAs like we just had, you want those fresher if you can. Um, this is really not my fault. Stouts hold up longer. That mm-hmm. we know. Uh, and it's cool. A lot of the things on Tavaro when they post, besides the candidate, they tell you like, hey, sellerable. Like, you can hold on to this for a while. Right. Um, so, you know, hopefully this won't be as affected as an IPA would be. But, so this thing, again, I ordered these all together at the same time. I ordered them in August. They shipped and I received them like mid-September. And now we're in October. So this one, Expel, was canned on April 17th. So let's see how this holds up because this was already, uh, let's see, mid-April. So we're talking May, June, July, August. I got it in six and a half months. So I got it at like five months, basically. I got it about at the five month. But right now it's about six and a half months old. They were so they were selling this one to people in August. So when they were selling it to you, it it was already four months old. Right. You usually get. I'm going to let with, you crack this With guy. darker beers, yes, please. With darker beers, you usually get a um, longer window than with IPAs Correct. in terms of its freshness. Um, you'll usually get, and this is 9%, brewed with coffee and chocolate. Nice. Um, the can is really cool. I think this is my favorite can. I like this. I like the Android Theory, but I think I like this more because it's slightly more simplistic. And the and little, like... This. Yeah, that looks cool. It's so sleek. Big ass sleek expel like font down the whole side of the can. And that like kind of dinosaur head like bones thing going on there. They actually have that's kind of like a theme with them, I guess. They have other beers that um, have like similar can art, similar but different. So kind of like they're doing a little themed thing there. Um, I like the color on it. You just poured yours. It's got a nice good head. Uh, nice caramel mocha head. Yeah, a little little chocolate black as tar caramel mocha thing going on. I, I, I do I do like the visual. Oh, that's extremely strong coffee. I didn't even have to bring it up to my nose. Yeah, you can smell it. It's super, super, super strong coffee. I'll let you take the lead on this one with the, the schniffing and the and the, the drinking. Okay. Now on untapped they don't Oh god. They don't have a. Uh, <laughs> they don't. That was, that was very uh, junky like. Yeah, that was you. You were you were oh into god. it. Oh god! Oh yeah, coffee beer. So uh, they don't have like the whole paragraph description like breweries sometimes do on Untapped. It just says brewed with coffee and chocolate, uh, and then for the descriptor, it says it's an oatmeal stout and uses uh, descriptors like coffee, dark, chocolate, smooth, vanilla. And you have people tasting it as recently as 11 hours ago as purchased on Tavour. So people from the same batch as, as me, the same age on it, from Tavour, canned in April. And, and what do we think? You, you've got a face, and I, I don't know if it's good or bad. Um, after just taking a, a sniff so far, I'm not totally impressed with the aroma on the beer. Um, it's overly strong coffee it smells nice but there's also um 
a level of astringency that which is normally a flavor profile that I can almost smell on the beer. Yeah. In the sense that uh, for those who don't know what there's, astringent there's means, there's like a tart a tartness. Right. That's what astringent means. It's like a, a tartness, and that's that's an that's usually an off flavor profile in a beer. And if you can smell it before you taste it, yeah, that's usually not a good sign. Well, so here's the other thing that. Um, so I'm going to taste it right now. Go, you go taste, ahead. and I want to tell you like another thing that alarmed me like earlier today. So there's people that are trying it, not not there, not in Anchorage, Alaska, but saying they purchased it from Tavar. So the same, hey, like I ordered it in April, or it was brewed it was brewed and canned in April, and I ordered it in August, and I, I got it in you know whatever window, and they're drinking it now in October, just like we are. And there's people giving it fours and four four two fives. And uh, three seven fives. Really? And then all of a sudden, though, all of a sudden, then you get a flurry uh, from just a couple days ago, like October 23rd, with people saying either it was severely oxidized or a terrible beer. Either way, drain pour. Then you go down a little bit more and you have somebody saying watered down, giving it a two. But then for every person that's saying that, you still have fours. Uh, four and a half, four and a quarter, three, seven, five. Uh, you got somebody going middle of the road here, three and a half saying heavy coffee has sort of a fruity finish. So it's a mixed bag, I guess, as to this is by far of all the beers that I ordered from Tavour in this batch, by far the oldest can date. And I knew it when I ordered, but the description of it sounded so up my alley. Like I do like an oatmeal stout. I like coffee. I like chocolate. So I just on the description like ordered it and I, now I'm kind of feeling like I should have paid more attention and, and did a pass on the fact that they were selling it in August when it was already four months old from April um yep. so my my thing here because I don't I'm not used to a like as you said like a, a like a stout being tart astringent like I don't really expect that the smell but normally when I when I say astringent mm-hmm. and I'm actually gonna go first here because yeah go go ahead tell me what you're thinking uh, normally when I say astringent, I mean mildly astringent. It's never as tart as this beer is. So you're being really nice. I'm going to be really harsh right now. This is by far the worst beer that we've tried. I will, I will agree. It is an abomination. Uh, <laughs> I think the can is great. The beer was probably good when it was fresh. It is so tart right now. Yeah. It is so tart. Something is wrong. The, a stout should not taste like this. So I'm smelling it, and it almost smells like a peanut butter jelly beer that I had recently. So that got me excited. But then I, like as you said, you could smell the astringency. I taste it. I could it. smell that. A little bit of funk. It was. It's very weird. Like so, this beer is is. It's still carbonated, so that's what's throwing me off because I don't feel like it's oxidized, but it still might be. Right. Um. Either way, whatever they used in the beer, something has gone funky. Yeah. And this is easily a drain pour, and I'm not going to drink anymore. I'm sorry. But uh, to to be fair, it was my fear, so I'm not, you know, like... You're not wrong for buying it because even, even, even if a beer is five months old and you buy it, this style of beer, mm-hmm. it should not taste like this. Yeah. This is either oxidized or whatever they used just went extremely, extremely bad. If they use some artificial flavoring of some sort or, you know, yeah. whatever. And it's kind of, it makes me wonder because a lot of the people on untapped saying that they bought it from Tavour, 
such mixed reviews, people giving it over fours and then other people saying watered down, so it oxidized or something, something went, something's gone on it. So it, it did those fours, were those fours in can format? Yeah, those were people ordered from Tavour in cans. That's how okay. it was sold. So, so, like, so something happened to some cans, not others. Or are people that yeah. far off in what yeah, they think? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe something that can happen is during the canning process. Uh, you know, a handful of cans, which are usually in succession, one after the other. You know, if the machine breaks or you know falters in any sort of way, where there's you know a couple hundred cans that don't get sealed properly. So yeah. for the benefit of the doubt, we'll just say that that might have happened. I but think there's enough people If that didn't giving... happen, then this brewery has a problem with whatever they're using in terms of ingredients. I, I want to say that I'm going to trust the amount of people giving it over four saying they bought it from this run on Devour. I'm going to say that it's all cans were not created equal. Some got funked. Um, so yeah, this definitely has like a, like a little sour. However, on untapped though, to be fair on untapped, there are a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about. True. Very, very, very true. And uh, so you could have people drinking this beer that tastes the exact same way and saying, Oh my God, I love this beer. But even I, I can't even see that. I think you're right. I do. I think you're mostly right. I'm only saying this just for, just to be the opposition because I like to keep balance. Yeah. But I think just about anybody can tell that this beer is not right. Yeah, definitely. I I I would say that the best thing I could say right now, I don't I don't think it's fair. I mean, obviously I got to give it a pints down and like for a rating, I don't I don't even know if I would maybe I could go like as it is, like maybe like a 2.5 based on like potential. I do taste hints of like what's supposed to be there. I'm so disappointed that there's people that got cans that apparently were good that they were drinking in September and October that they're giving four, four, two, fives, four and a halves. Mm-hmm. Again, every beer is subjective. Everybody's got a different opinion. Some people know what they're talking about. Some people don't. But I feel like you kind of people that leave comments or that write a few lines, you could kind of pick apart who's talking out their ass and who kind of has experience with beer styles and like and like knows. And sometimes I, you can, sometimes you can't. Some people can yeah. put like a couple, a few good words together that is something that I would say. sounds sounds but, eloquent but if yeah. they go if they go into detail then they don't know what they're talking about yeah but with with this beer I'm obviously going to give it a pints down I'm gonna say that uh, as far as an untapped rating goes you give it a 2.5 I would give it a 1.5 and that's literally only for the label um, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm definitely like I'm, I'm really sorry to this brewery too because I know a lot of independent brewers work really hard and it doesn't it doesn't give me joy to say these things about a particular beer, but this is an awful beer. And I, I really also, is. I it also really, don't really want to say like bad things to discourage people from Tavour. It's a really great service, but this is one thing where like, where I said, I get concerned where I'm like, okay, the can two weeks ago, the can a month ago, I'll, I'll ship on this date. I'll get it this date. How fast do I drink it after I get it? Some beer styles hold up longer than others. Yada, yada, yada. There's a bunch of variables, but this was the one beer that I really ordered because yes, I loved the can art. I'm not going to lie. Like the vision, pulled me in and then when i read the flavor profile i'm like that's right up my alley and i did it and i saw the can date and i just hoped it wouldn't matter and there's some people out there and it sh- but it shouldn't though that's yeah that's the th- that's the thing yeah. is that it shouldn't matter like this right like this is this is totally opposite of what any beer yeah. this style should taste like and especially with the adjuncts inside it so 
um, you know, again, I, you know, I understand being nice, but at the same time, this beer is an abomination and I don't want to, again, discourage people from Anchorage Brewery or from Tavour as well, but, uh, it's just being honest. It's, it it really is. I mean, we're both sitting here. It's an awful beer. Yeah. I would say if this is like, I'm not familiar at all with their, like their brewing cycle. If this is a beer that they make again in 2020, and if it gets posted on Tavar again with a can date that's closer, even though I don't think that's the problem, like you said, like I think we just got skunked, like random. Some people yeah, got good cans, yeah. some people didn't. But could have been oxidized in some sort of way. I mean, I, you never really know. I just kind of hope that I could try this beer again, maybe next year if it's part of their brewing cycle, and if they, you know, put it up for grabs, however many cases on Tavar, like that, I can maybe order it when it's only a couple weeks from the canning date. And then, you know, I'm drinking it like a month, month and a half after that. Um, You know, we'll see so many variables in beer. And uh, again, a perfect example of, Hey, like we're not saying that this beer is definitively shit, but unless you live in Alaska where you can go to the tap room and, you know, guarantee that you're, you know, you're getting it um, on tap or, you know, freshly canned, we can only say what we have in front of us. This guy definitely has something wrong with it. So um, if this was like a college course, you know, it would be like an incomplete. Like, I, it's not good, but I know this isn't its truest form. And hopefully uh, you and I will get to taste it in the future the way it is meant to be. But let's take a quick break to regroup. And we'll do some 99 bottles discussion right after this. Uh, clearly, it's not going to be this beer, but of the other three, we'll uh, refill what we like and have something to sip on. And we will talk right after this break. Want to get in touch with the show? Email us at awdpodcast at gmail.com. It's time for some discussion, so take one down and pass it around. This is 99 Bottles. But a Pilsner ain't one. Hit me! All right, 99 Bottles. I feel like it's been a minute since we did this, since we had a good discussion while sipping on beers. Now, the shy beer guy, Brady's over here. He surprisingly liked the coffee pumpkin when he doesn't like pumpkin beers. And and would you say it was your favorite? Uh, yeah, Um yeah, I would. I normally I'd say something like the the hazy was my favorite. Yeah, but we got to uh, get that one a little fresher, maybe. Right. Um, for for the pure surprise factor. Right. You go with the pumpkin. So no, exactly. So he's sipping on some pumpkin. I'm I'm doing some more fiend without a face here, and uh, man, we're just gonna have a casual conversation about a topic. Uh, I got some notes here. It's a little long winded, so bear with me, people. But I want to try to bring uh, the synopsis here. Uh, today's 99 bottles discussion is about the segregation of individual networks from the big streaming services. And uh, what I mean about that is, you know, years ago, people started cutting their cable and signing up for some combination of Netflix, Hulu, and like Amazon Prime Video, and that got them by. They were like, hey, man, I'm paying like the combined combination of those like three services, I'm paying like what, like 20 something, 30 something, uh, you know, but well, Amazon Prime Video, I think you, you can do it separately. I forget what the cost is. Back then, I think you had to be a Prime member, which then you're probably talking like, was it like 100 a year or more? I, so, mm-hmm. but either way, like, 
you're paying for those services at a much lower cost than your total monthly cable bill for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but in recent months, you've heard about many networks planning to pull their most popular shows from Netflix, etc., in favor of featuring it exclusively on their own streaming service. Uh, biggest example of this is the much publicized ticking clock for The Office being on Netflix. It is Netflix's most streamed show of all time, and it's going away in another year or so. If this trend continues, we're going to see Netflix, Hulu, Amazon continue to shift to a heavier dose of original programming if they choose not to pony up the ransom for the hottest movies and TV shows. You're seeing already there's existing or very soon to be coming services for CBS, NBC, Disney+, ESPN+, Stars, HBO, Showtime, and uh, they're all pulling shows to be exclusive. So if you want to watch things uh, on their network, if you don't have those stations through like your cable provider, um, you're basically paying X amount of dollars per month to see those network shows. Uh, Fox and other networks have allowed their channel and their content to be part of different level packages on services like Sling TV and PlayStation View. Um, it's kind of starting to be where like, hey, like I have to jump through a lot of hoops again to see my show. So uh, in summary, the situation is this. Cable providers were the melting pot for all the channels we wanted. And then they got too expensive, and we all wished there was a la carte channel options so you could just pick the ones you wanted for you know however many channels a month for a price. And that was never going to happen because the cable corporate bigwigs they were never going to give up that that market dominance. You know, like they wanted to make sure you were paying Comcast, you're paying Xfinity, you're paying Dish Network. You know, you're you're trapped unfortunately oh you want those two channels well they're part of this extra 50 channels you get when you move up to the next tier sorry you don't want those other 48 but if you want those two you got to pay that extra monthly price uh and then that kind of left the uh you know we left that for the big streaming platforms uh to cut our bills in half or maybe even a third of that uh we were like hey i can get most of the shows i want on on these things that combine and pull shows and movies from all different networks uh, and all different movie studios. But now networks are creating their own streaming apps and they're playing the exclusivity card. So if people still want all of their shows and have to start paying $5 to this network a month, $10 to this network, and oh, I still want to keep Netflix for 15 bucks a month and I still want to do Hulu for six bucks a month, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Don't we at some point just eventually end up back at that total price that we were paying for cable that we like left it for in the first place? So on top of all that, can we even go back to cable exclusively to get everything we want or need? Uh, the last two years, I think specifically, I've seen a lot of networks that are featured on cable, Dish, and other providers streaming a message on the ticker on the bottom of my screen saying like, hey... Uh, call your cable provider and complain because channels A, B, and C are going to be going away in a couple of months if we don't come to terms with them. So that was essentially, and in, in my opinion, unfairly, pulling the consumer into the contract negotiations between cable company and network to gain leverage. Uh, my personal experience, I have AT&T Uverse and I lost CBS this year. CBS, channel two. Like I was going to have to get an antenna and unplug my cable box and like really go through a couple hoops I don't want to, to watch 
CBS football and my Chicago Bears. So I lost CBS. They did not come to terms and it was gone for two weeks. And obviously two weeks leading up to the football season, that's a shit show. You probably, they I'm sure got all kinds of crap raining down on them complaining both to AT&T and to CBS themselves. Like get your heads out your asses, agree to a new deal. Uh, so magically it came back just a couple days before week one of the NFL season. And, and you can imagine how ugly that would have gotten if it continued into the season. So today's topic is just, what's the answer? We all know that the cost of living is going up and up. Is the cost of home entertainment now also destined to spiral completely out of control? And for argument's sake, let's keep it legal. Let's not yell fire stick at me and, and, you know, say, Hey, just hacked fire stick, watch whatever you want. Like let's say for people that are on the up and up, that either aren't tech savvy enough to hack uh, a fire stick or just, you know, like goody two shoes don't want to. How do we see all the movies and shows that we want now without just bleeding money? Because you've got cable providers that no longer are giving you everything as contract negotiations get ugly. You've got them with really high prices to get up into the tiers that have those specialty channels. And then you've got these streaming platforms that once kind of amalgamated everything we needed, but now a lot of our favorite shows are being pulled. Um, In the case of like, say, Netflix, it was just announced that they won Seinfeld with like an insane bid. And I don't even think that starts until like 2021 or 22. So the fact that Seinfeld is already a dated show, mind you, it's timeless and a lot of the topics still are relevant today. Um... It just seems like something where like people of our age maybe like Seinfeld, but these like kids that are just like, you know, teens and growing up now are probably like, what the, what the hell's Seinfeld? Who's Jerry Seinfeld? That's not my thing. So sometimes I feel like certain shows like that should have been left alone. Like let NBC have it for their upcoming platform, but they are pulling the office and that's a big deal. Cause that is Netflix most streamed show. So like, Where's the middle ground? Like, do we all just have to jump through hoops and find some combination of streaming services? And like, how much are you willing to spend, Brady, like a month to view the programs that you you love? Um, how much am I willing to spend a month? I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm already content spending as little as I can. Uh, you know, using Netflix and Hulu, I, those are my two streaming platforms. Um. Uh, with live sports on Hulu, I think it's like $12 a month. Um, Netflix, I think is like $12 a month or something like that. Yeah. Um, depends like how many screens you want and like, yeah, they're starting to add like these plus versions of things. Like I think Hulu, your options, it used to be eight. Then they dropped it down to six for the version that has ads. It's still 12 for the version without ads. And then as you said, you have your package now where you can get live TV stations. Um, not every station not every network but a a good amount um same thing with like the playstation view system uh google i think has like a thing now like a youtube and there's like a youtube tv it's like i think everybody's gonna keep coming out with with their own thing um if they're planning to charge the same amount of money that netflix or hulu charges i think it's gonna be difficult for everybody and you're gonna you're gonna jump into massive divides of where most of the shows that people like that's where they're going to go so for example you know i like a lot of uh netflix shows that come out i think netflix produces good shows um and i will continue to watch those shows because they have a good eye for that stuff and they also have their own staff of writers and you know what have you so um 
I think Netflix is something I'll always be invested in. Yeah. Of course, depending on what else they have available. No, I'd imagine a lot of these platforms, you know, are probably pulling shows, but I can't imagine that they're pulling movies. Uh, I feel like it's going to remain to be seen. Like there's a, I saw today, there's a DC Universe streaming service. Yes. So that's going to have some original TV show content. Uh, I feel like most of the DC characters you would see on like, uh, was it the, the U or whatever they, you know, they yeah, call like it. Gotham like Gotham and yeah. And like green arrow. And so I, you, you know, like if they're going to have TV show content, um, both past shows or current shows and like upcoming shows that will be written and, and filmed for exclusively for it. Uh, it's also supposed to include their movies. Now the thing is, some of these platforms that are doing their own thing, they're like, hey, we're launching our own streaming app, our own streaming network. Some of them are still willing to let like Netflix and Hulu buy a cut of that show. So it's like, oh yeah, hey, like, uh, you know, we're NBC and we're going to have show X on our platform. But hey, we'll also sell it to Hulu or Netflix or Amazon for two years or whatever for this much. And it's probably a pretty penny. And it's up to them. Like, do you pay the ransom or do you let NBC in this case, like have that exclusivity others? It's going to be like, no, that it's not an option. Like there's no ransom that you can pay. Like that is our programming and it's going to be only on our platform. Pay us for our platform to get it. Uh, and so I feel like we can't really give maybe like a definitive answer on this topic. Cause it's still happening. Like it, right. it's, it, this is such a touchy subject because not not necessarily touchy, but it's it's still a lot of moving parts. Something you can, yeah right exactly. There's it's not something that you can get a, a solid opinion on because we we don't know. It it only just started happening. Me myself, if we're talking in opinions, um, you know Netflix, like I said, is going to be something I'll always invest in, and because I like the shows that Netflix produces. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as some other shows that are out there, I think they're doing that because they're channels are you know like hbo and showtime they're probably pulling their shows because their channels are um hurting yeah essentially you know and but here's the thing is you have to ask yourself who which service produces better shows you know is it hbo is it showtime is it netflix is it hulu is it you know because if if you pay them all individually you end up with that hundred and something dollar cable but you didn't you didn't want to begin with you're paying right you're paying that right you're paying that with cable anyway and you the the whole reason for streaming and the whole reason people loved netflix the past 10 years or whatever it's been yeah is because you could find everything that you like now it's going to come down to what people prefer um but I think those companies, those uh, those channels are hurting so much that they're not producing as many shows and not as many good shows. And you see a lot of actors gravitating towards Hulu shows and Netflix shows because they know that's where the attention is. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of where the attention is dominant. Mm-hmm. And that's the streaming service that's going to win out. You'll, you'll recall, like, I remember in my childhood... Um, I know we have a, a little bit of an age difference, so I don't know if it was like this when you were younger still, but I recall where like at that time, every like movie network on cable, HBO, Cinemax, Showtime was sold separately uh, as an add-on to your cable bill. Now, a lot of times you sign up for cable and they're like, hey, you get stars and Showtime built into your monthly cost. It's a promo we're running, yada, yada, yada. But then mm-hmm. like the amount of movies in like a two or three month period that are actually like cycling and like on demand 
a lot of times is like 20 something. It's, it's not a lot. Now, I don't know if, if you pay for like HBO now, like if the app has anything different than what you as a cable subscriber has available to you on demand, uh, someone out there could probably tell me that that actually, you know, pays for it and does it. But that's kind of like, if you don't pay for cable, it's nice to have the option that like me as a not cable person, I don't have to pay my cable provider for HBO as part of my package. Like I could just pay for the HBO app and I can run that on my smart TV, my tablet, my phone, whatever. Um, so I'm definitely not knocking the convenience, but it's just the, I guess, as I call it, the segregation of, of networks all pulling out where it was like, I used to be able to go to Netflix and I had shows from Fox, CBS, NBC. I had like all the Marvel movies. I had all the Disney stuff, uh, all the animation. I had all these things. And now uh, where your old fear used to just be like, oh, yeah, South Park has been on uh, Netflix for like five years. Now it's moving to Hulu or it's just it's Comedy Central. Like it's you can't watch it on any streaming service, whatever it is. It's always like it was always rotating between the major services. Contracts ended. Somebody else picked it up, stole it away. Um, I still haven't finished How I Met Your Mother, but I know I started watching it on Netflix and bought Hulu to finish it. I still haven't. You know, like it's always. Ah, you've never finished it. Yeah, and and Seinfeld and Seinfeld's with Hulu now, and when that runs out, Netflix, what they just bought, like that kicks in. How I Met Your Mother ever goes away from Hulu? I don't know what I'm gonna do. Nice. This would be uh be depressed. <laughs> that's no, I will. That's my uh that's that's my all the time show. I you know, I watch it when I'm happy, I watch it when I'm sad, I watch it when I'm angry, I watch it when I'm sick. It, you know. it's got an episode for everybody every has mood. that for most people it's the office for me it's how i met your mother i dabble with the office too when i'm feeling that way but yeah. mostly it's how i met your mother it's just my feel good show so i guess the synopsis is uh you know like to surmise again we can't really say anything definitive this is still rolling out it's i don't even know if we're at the halfway point of like this shit going down but um i mean that's a perfect point so like how I met your mother is an important show to some people either because they're in the midst of watching it for the first time, or it's just that one they could go back to and watch over and over. Like a lot of people have watched every Seinfeld episode 10 times and they still love it. And late night syndication and going through the channels, nothing else is on. It's that feel good show. You stop on and it lifts your spirits or, you know, whatever it does for you, you identify Mm -hmm. with it. Like so many shows like that. And you know, there's a lot of people out there that are like, ah, TV's bad for you. Read a book, like blah, blah, blah. You know, speaking of that era, sorry to cut you off, but speaking of that era, that Seinfeld era, mm-hmm. I was never a Seinfeld fanatic. I always loved, uh, I loved two shows, but my my big show that I loved was Frasier. I never watched Frasier. I loved Frasier. I thought it was hilarious. Kelsey, okay. Kelsey Grammer. Um, and then uh, King of Queens, of course. Okay. See, like a lot of shows. Which is a little bit later. It's a little bit later than Seinfeld, of course, but yeah. it they aired at both, the same time. Both shows, Seinfeld and King of Queens, I didn't watch in their first run. I saw it in like reruns on syndication and, and kind of got a liking to them then. But yeah, I guess that's what it comes down to. Like you said, people will see where all the chips fall when this is done. There's still a lot of moving parts, but uh, people are just going to have to choose, I guess, who has the most of what you like. Cause they're going to make it to where like any reasonable person with their head screwed on straight with their priorities, with their ducks in a row knows like I can't pay 35 individual streaming like networks and platforms, right? 200 something dollars a month to have their services. Like I pay for So they're going to have to get choosy. And that, that is of course pending the fact that those, ser- those streaming services, the ones that are pulling 
um, charge the same amount that like a Netflix or a Hulu does. Yeah, but Netflix like, has been a leader for such a long time. I think they're going to win if they continue to dictate the trends. Yeah, like it seems like TV stations are reasonable at like five or six but then when you're talking about like movie stations like hbo showtime or like other platforms that amalgamate multiple uh things like those are the ones that are double digits and that can add up quick so people are gonna have to make choices and then you'll make those choices and then your how i met your mother may move to one of the other choices and then what do you do do you switch do you pivot do you keep what you have and also add that because you're chasing that content. Um, I'm going to go wherever How I Met Your Mother goes. All right. <laughs> I'm going to just... That's so impractical and unreasonable. But. I'm just going to drink myself into oblivion so I don't have to think about it. Like, it's... TV's... Yeah, I'm racking my brain about it right now. This is actually kind of a depressing conversation. Right? I don't want any of my shows to leave Netflix or Hulu. Just just ignore it and it'll go away, hopefully. We'll just yeah. uh, we'll ostrich it. We'll stick our heads under the sand and hope that uh, somebody figures out a, a great option for us all to keep all of our shows. But yeah, we'll see where it goes, man. Definitely uh, a thing where, granted, yeah, there's the people out there that say TV's not so important. We should unglue ourselves from it, but can't help it man as the years go by there's just escapism it's about escapism and great content you know it's not the same as watching tv in the 60s like my god there's so much amazing stuff out there right now such great entertainment value um i mean realistically i'd say like 80 90 of the world is you know loving tv as a form of entertainment there's people but a much smaller percentage that are like that type that do the whole like read a book, family time, uh, you know, churn the butter, uh, live by candle, <laughs> li- live by candlelight, and you know we don't need a TV or whatever. So, uh, you know, we'll see, uh, and hopefully it's just something that's friendly for our pockets and that we can get the majority of the content we still like. Uh, it's just crazy. I mean, kind of makes me feel old, but the fact that I have been alive to like watch the cycle of like cable was the end all be all people cut the cable and did streaming services but now streaming services are starting to like get more segmented more uh, fragmented like really crazy it's a a crazy time it's nice to have options but sometimes too many options now uh leaves you pulling your empty pockets out of your pants and you got like a stick of gum a clothespin and and a nickel you know so we'll see but All right, we're going to wrap that for now. Sorry if we made you depressed. Hopefully you had a beer to make you feel better about how I met your mother in the office doing (laughs) what they do. But uh, we're going to check in on the conclusion of my exciting Oktoberfest festivities at the Open Bottle. And we'll get my final verdict on some delicious Steinfels that I partook in. This is the After Work Drinks podcast. Stay tuned. What's up, guys? Pooch here, just wrapping it up at a Seinfeld Oktoberfest, the Seinfeld-themed Oktoberfest event at the Open Bottle in Tinley Park. Uh, You had Jerry and George cardboard cutouts if you wanted to take a photo op. You had event t-shirts. You had event steins. uh, You had close talker trivia, and you were able to win like 10% off and uh, other small gifts like that if you got your question right. Uh, All in all, a very cool event. 
vent. Uh, but now that it's not so loud, now that I'm no longer inside the madness, uh, I wanted to accurately tell you all the Oktoberfest that were on draft. Uh, we had Workforce Brewing's Worktoberfest. We had Revolution Brewing's Oktoberfest. Cigar City's Oktoberfest. Phase 3 P3 Oktoberfest. Anger or Anger Oktoberfest, if I'm pronouncing that right. Anger, sure, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't speak uh, clear German very well, but I'm going with Anger. Uh, first beer I've ever had from them. We'll talk about that in a sec. And uh, we also had Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six different Oktoberfests. And uh, I tried three of them, as I mentioned earlier, if you could hear me over the roar of the crowd. Uh, I had Worktoberfest. I had Anger and I had Phase 3, the P3 Oktoberfest, which sold out before I left. And I was there uh, probably about an hour into the event. And then so maybe an hour, hour and a half after that. Like I don't, that beer definitely did not make it three hours in, uh, I don't think. So those were the three I tried, and uh, I can only rate those. Uh, obviously, I've had Revolution uh, a ways back, so I didn't want to go that route. Uh, bummed to miss out on Cigar City and Sierra Nevada, but you know what? Uh, there's always next year, guys. So uh, if I had to rank them from... Uh, third, second, first place of, of what I tried. Uh, Anger, they were very good, but um, a little bit more malty, I think. Uh, definitely tasted the barley. Um, described as an ode to barley uh, on the menu, I, I would I would agree with that. It was a, a solid effort. I gave it a three and a half out of five on untapped. Uh, then next up, I, I liked Worktoberfest. I gave that a three, seven, five. And uh, that one had like a little bit of a more, not crazy bitter, but a little bit more bitter, a little bit of a dry finish. And then my number one prize uh, for today, uh, obviously people must have agreed with me, it was the first one to run out. Uh, we tapped this guy out real quick. Uh, P3 Oktoberfest from Phase 3 Brewing. Uh, that one definitely had the caramel or caramel. I don't know how you guys like to pronounce it, but uh, either way, the, the caramel... Uh, notes definitely that flavor, uh, that character I think came through, especially like when I took a hearty big gulp. Uh, not those little baby smack your lips tasters, but like actually took a uh, a drink like you meant it. I uh, definitely tasted that caramel in there. So uh, that's my favorite as I pull out of the parking lot here and I stop looking at my notes on my cell phone because that's dangerous, guys. Don't do that when you're driving. And uh, I'm pulling out here. The, the rains for the evening uh, were a bit fierce, but you know, there was a tent out back. Uh, great food from Twisted Classics, great German fare. I had myself the big ass Bavarian pretzel. I uh, had myself a beer brat, had myself some potato pancakes, and uh, I'm just feeling good, man. Uh, so props to the open bottle for yet another fun event. Uh, they're not a huge room, but what they do always feels like a good time and is always special. And, um, Man, just some really good beers, uh, brought in a really good food truck, and it just made you feel like uh, a nice, comfortable setting. Uh, you know, as always, kind of feel like welcome in these events. People are friendly. Uh, definitely chatted with, uh, you know, some, some other people and uh, an older couple that was, like, super-duper cool. Uh, just talking about local Chicagoland breweries and, and ones we've been to and uh, other Oktoberfest events we've been to. Uh, you know, saying which ones we liked, which ones uh, we recommend. 
And uh, it's just kind of cool, you know, that's what's fun about this craft beer community is whether you're just going on a random day to have a couple beers, you can find someone to chit chat with. If you go to an event like this, you can surely have a good time, make some new friends. And uh, that's what I feel like we did here on the podcast. And um, man, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a one shot deal, but uh, you know, even if it's not Seinfeld themed, I'm sure they'll do uh, another events like this next year. And uh, I, I say go, I highly recommend. Uh, if not this one, you know, check out your local brewery, man. Just support local brewing in your neck of the woods, whatever your, your part of town, your suburb is uh, that you live in. We've got a ton of craft beer at our disposal. And uh, sometimes when you're narrowing it down and putting a, a focus on a certain style of beer, it's, it's a lot of fun to uh, pick apart the nuances and just um, you know see what you pick up I by no means do I think I have the most refined palate I, I don't think that I pick out every nook and cranny of a beer every time I taste it but I think I know a little and uh, you know like to break it down into layman's terms uh, I would say like that that Anger that, that thing straight out of Germany you know, and uh, that thing definitely felt like malty that definitely had like a, uh, a nice hearty characteristic probably as close to you know the just the original deal man like grab a plane ticket and go go to go to a euro version of the fest where i'm sure they do it as true to form as possible where it originated man uh you know that had that going on worktoberfest i feel like had like a little zesty thing i almost felt like uh like maybe like a smidge of, of like citrus um something on that back end that I couldn't quite define but I will call it zesty it was like the equivalent of like if you scraped the zest you know you didn't put the fruit in you did the zest uh felt like I had that on the back end and then I think the reason I liked the phase three Oktoberfest the most and give it my top prize today uh that one was just really really smooth I tasted the caramel and uh it's like a nice big gulp and you just swallow and it had a very smooth quenching not dry not bitter just like really flowed across the palate and made you want to just drink more and more. It was just really, really tasty. Um, if it didn't tap out, I totally would have got another one before I left. That is for certain. But uh, driving home tonight, I'm feeling good. And I, I just got to say, man, uh, you know, we like going to events like this. And I hope that any of the stuff that we cover on here, obviously, if you were there uh, or you wish you were and you couldn't make it, there's nothing better than being there. Me, me telling you about these beers that I enjoyed verbally, you know, you can't taste them. I get it. Like, <laughs> beer's meant to be tasted, but hopefully, like, at least my words and, and this attempt I give you at telling you how much of a fun event and how good the beers were that were provided, uh, hopefully that just makes you want to go out to your local establishment or maybe specifically the open bottle if you're in the area or want to take the drive. It's definitely worth driving. I would probably drive up to an hour uh, to take some of those beers. Uh, you know on tap and, and take the ones that were available and can home with me because it was just that good so just my humble recommendation here on the podcast and uh man happy Oktoberfest to one and all uh, i'm sure by the time this episode is published and you listen to it i think all the breweries in the chicagoland area will have wrapped up and you know done all their events but uh man next year definitely this is just one to put on your radar and uh you know keep it in mind that's all i can say uh we are going to take a quick break but when we return there is still plenty more to come on the podcast uh we've got my cousin's wedding 
and that's not really a craft beer event that you can attend. Uh, it's not public like Oktoberfest, but uh, I'm gonna go in search of craft beer, and if I can't find it, I'm gonna chastise whoever paid for this open bar for not picking a craft beer option. And uh, I'll see if I can borrow the groom for a couple minutes. Obviously, he's probably the busiest person here today, but I will try to track him down and point the finger at him if there is no craft beer. And uh, it should be a fun time that may or may not be interesting, but I'm doing it anyway, because your cousin only gets married once, so give him hell, right? This is the After Work Drinks Podcast. We'll be back. My Instagram is weak as fuck. Instagram is weak as fuck. Cheese. Want to see what the guys are drinking, where they're drinking it, and who they're drinking it with? Visit them at Instagram.com slash AWD podcast. That's right. Let us know what you're drinking and tell us which breweries, wineries, and distilleries you think we should visit next. Follow us today at AWD podcast. It's time for our featured interview. It's a celebration. So raise your glasses. Here's to you. All right, Pooch here. I am at my cousin's wedding. Ian, how are you doing? Are you, uh, you have a beer there. What are you drinking? I am drinking Blue Moon right now. All right, so so that's not so fancy pants, no. but but I'm here to commend you because I, I had said on the, the program that I was coming here in search of you having craft beer, and you do. I've had a Goose Island IPA, I, I've had some Two Brothers, du, uh, Domaine de Page, and uh, I saw a couple other things in the cooler there. So, you know, you, you, you don't have, like, over-the-top craziness, because no wedding does. No, no. But but you you have the bare the bare essentials. You have some like staples of the craft beer uh, industry. Yep. Yes, we do. It's been great. Now now tell me tell me who who's responsible for this open bar? Is it you? Is it your uh, folks? Is is it your new wife's folks? My new wife's folks. All that man. Uh, Danielle's dad, uh, George, is all into the craft beer and everything. So he made sure he, we got everything for this wedding. So as, as is your dad. Is your dad still home brewing? Oh yes, he still does a little bit of that. And he does, you know, he gets a lot of craft beers, he goes to a lot of different microbreweries around Illinois. Awesome. Well, I will congratulate you, cousin, on your wedding. And I believe you're going to Rome. And I don't know what they have in Rome as far as uh, beer. I'm sure they have tons of awesome wine. So enjoy all of that when you go out there. Yes, thank you very much, Chris. Yep. All right, this is the After Work Drinks Podcast. We're going to go back in there. Some Ice Ice Baby is playing. So you have your blue moon. I'm going to go grab another craft beer. And uh, let's go dance like white people dance. <laughs> let's do it. Thank you. Ah, yes. Here's to you, a segment where we usually raise our glasses to someone from the industry, a head brewer, an owner, somebody like that. But this time, you know, I tip the cap and I wish the well to my cousin and his new wife. Uh, Here's to you, Ian, on your wedding. It was a fun time and you fed me craft beer, so I have no complaints. But, um... Man, it's been a fun show. Uh, I definitely think we packed a lot of good stuff into this one. It was a, a fun fall return for the podcast. And Brady, I got to thank you. Shy beer guy making an appearance. Uh, once again, tell us uh, where people can find you. And if you have any specific content you know you have coming up soon, uh, plug away. For sure. Um, so the plug on or handle on both Instagram and uh, Twitter is shy underscore beer underscore guy. You can find me on 
uh, YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, SoundCloud, at Shy Space Beer Space Guy. And that's Shy as in C-H-I, as in Chicago, not Shy as in I'm Shy. Uh, or Chai Latte Basic Bitch. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so you can find me on those platforms as far as uh, stuff I have coming up. Um, like I said, I've been on a little bit of a hiatus for the month of October. Um, you know, due to you imm- and me, you immersing and me. myself in, in work. You and me both, brother. It's it's been a it's been a busy fall. I I, I want to come back to the beer world and uh, chip in a little bit more with this content. Yeah, you know, sometimes you need to take a little break, especially at least uh, I, I can speak for myself on this part because I work in the beer industry and doing beer content. You know, it's a little much burn, burnout. It's beer everywhere you turn. Do you have nightmares about beer? Do I have nightmares about beer? No, I have wet dreams about beer. Um, I still love my beer. I still drink my beer every day. But as far as uh, producing content, I took a little break. But I am uh, re-emerging onto the scene or re-immersing myself in the scene um, at the end of this month. Um, I have a handful of content that I haven't posted from a while back, a few few pieces of conversation that I've had with some people in the industry and and some other things. Uh, You can look out for my trip to a local retail liquor and beer store that everybody knows. I won't say what it is because... Because um, it's, uh, you know, you got to like just tease because they got to go tune into your content. Because it was probably illegal for me to be in there filming. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, so I won't say who it is, but you you guys might be able to guess. Um, so anyway, I went in Does there. Does it rhyme with skinny? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Who okay. knows? Um, so I went in there and uh, decided to make a couple of uh, pre-fall pickups, uh, fall start pickups. And, uh, you know, it was kind of just me as a consumer what i what i look like in in the beer store and how my thought process goes so that was an interesting uh video that i've done something a little bit different from what i've done in the past that's actually cool when you post that i want to see that because it it kind of feel like watching you go through that process is like that inner monologue we all have with like ooh, lots of cool things on the shelf but i can't have them all how do i disperse my monies right so I'll give you guys a little snippet. Um, my rule of thumb when I go to buy beer is something new, something old, and something interesting. Ooh, I like um, it. So something new, a.k.a. something that I have not tried, something old that I know that I will like, and something interesting that I either haven't tried or have tried before, but it's different than a regular beer style that you can find anywhere else. So as in like an adjuncted stout or an adjuncted uh, IPA of of some sort or, you know, just something different that's put in the envelope. I like that in your rules. There was not something blue, which blue beer would be weird. So, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so cool stuff coming up from you. Uh, We look forward to it again at shy underscore beer underscore guy on most platforms and uh, really good content there. Definitely, definitely something you should check out if you have not already. Uh, I want to thank everybody for finding us. Obviously, uh, if you don't want to miss an episode, the best way to do that is to please subscribe. You can do that through Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and our host, SoundCloud. Uh, Also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at AWD Podcast. 
Twitter at AWD Pod and Snapchat. The screen name is After Work Drinks, all one word, caps on those first letters. And do keep your eyes out because we will have some announcements in the near future on our social media uh, about some cool stuff we're working on, new promo items like pop sockets and glassware for future giveaways. Nice. That's fun. Uh, we'll have new tasting and talking series episodes yes. that include a video game podcast crossover. There's some video game themed art and names on beers, so that works. We'll mm-hmm. do that. We'll drink mm-hmm. and talk video games. And uh, we're also going to be learning about the drinking culture in Mexico and Poland. Uh, I've got some friends that, you know, uh, originate from those countries and visit often. And I want to pick their brain about what the drinking culture is there. Is there craft beer there? Or do they just have their staples? What's going on? What do people do when they're drinking in Mexico and Poland? I'm going to find out. That's definitely coming up in the next couple of months. Uh, we're going to go behind the scenes at an under-construction brewery before they open their doors to the public. So we'll give you a little preview on what to expect from them. And uh, there'll be some fun show revamps that we're looking into for 2020 if Santa treats us well. You know, we have a shoestring budget here on the podcast, but we're looking at revamping a few things. A little sights and sounds uh, make things a little sexier here on the podcast. So hopefully we'll have that going in the new year. And uh, that's about all you can look forward to for now. Uh, As always, news and announcements on our social media. And our parting shot, as always, Brady, I think you can appreciate this. We like to tell everyone to drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, be good to each other out there, and as we head into the holiday season, be thankful, right? I totally agree. And stay in school. Yes, stay in school, and drugs are for fools. And Brady, thank you. Shy bearing it up with me on this edition of the podcast. It's stout season, y'all. We'll see you around. Peace. Later. Deuces. And that's going to do it for this episode of AWD. Be sure to follow us on social media for bonus content and all the latest show news and announcements. This has been the After Work Drinks podcast. Until next time. Cheers. Hey man, I need a strong drink. But first, I need to sneak out of work real fast. Kick the shit off like a wedding crash. Hit my computer off. I slide past my boss. I will be tossed. If I'm caught again, but fuck it. I'm on the cell phone calling all my friends. People say I got hex games for brains. Cause the way I live my life, I must be insane. But life's an adventure. I just ride it out. Live in the moment. Might die tomorrow. Relax. I don't write this song to make it back. I wrote the song works out, man, it's time to drink. You know.